Great Singers of Opera podcast, your in-depth resource into the world of opera and its vast experts, featuring vocal specialist Max Schau. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for checking us out again. I'm your host, Max Schau. We have had a lot of great feedback from the first episode and are very grateful for everyone who is taking the time to listen. Originally, this episode was to be the interview with a new professor at Indiana University, Brian Gill. However, we had to do a small bit of schedule shuffling at the last minute, and his interview and masterclass will air in April. In this episode, we are continuing our teacher spotlight at Indiana University with an interview with the fabulous Carol Vaness. Miss Vaness has had an outstanding international career, performing with such names as Giordani, Domingo, and Pavarotti. Definitely check out her bio on our webpage when you get a chance. Also, after each interview, we will provide, when possible, a recording showing the artistry of those being interviewed, as well as giving you an opportunity to hear them demonstrate the technique they discuss on the podcast. The selection we are bringing you today is a recording of Miss Vanessa performing Ecolorido Campo from Verdi's Un Balo in Mascara. Thanks again for listening and enjoy. Mm-hmm. If you don't mind, I may ask you a few questions now. Absolutely. How old were you, were you when you started singing? Um, define singing. When? When I started singing for money or when I started no, no. singing? Just the youngest, the youngest age you can remember singing a tune and having somebody go, oh, maybe you should be doing that or... Five. Five? Did you sing in a choir at that age, or? No, I was just singing. He's got the whole world in his hands. That's awesome. And, and all my uncles, and they got all excited and said, "You're going to be a singer." I'm going, "No, I'm not." You didn't want to be it when you were that young. No, I wanted to be um, a designer of something. Oh wow. I wanted to make something. Needless to say, all I made were doodles. <laughs> I had a weird idea of what was really possible on Earth. <laughs> but and then I probably it would probably go on to I started to sing in a church choir because mm -hmm. being raised Catholic. By the time you were around where the where we had boys in the. Um, before high school, so I guess that's grade school. Mm -hmm. So, we did good music, good music, all the time. Never guitar mass, Never, none of those things. Um, and then I got a lot, and I decided to go to college because I didn't, I figured I should go to college. Mm -hmm. My dad was, up, you know, it was cheap then anyway. He was offering to pay, so I went to Cal Poly Pomona, and I was a piano and English double major, and they, um, a gentleman there who was the head of the choir, you know, I loved, I wanted to be in all the choirs I possibly could. Mm -hmm. Well, he was also the only voice teacher in the school. Yes, please. No rice. Thank you very much. Do you like some more water? Yes, that'd be great. Thank you. There we go. And he was the one who insisted I go on to um, 
go on to graduate work because I see I started singing things like um, Azucena. I thought I was a mezzo. Mm -hmm. He gave me um, the Kindertotenlieder and just a bunch of like crazy things. You know, Pianzero la Sorteña. Things that didn't seem like they'd go together, but I liked them, so. Right. He said, anything you like. As long as you can reach the top note. No reason you can't sing it. So. That was his philosophy. He died of AIDS, sadly. Oh. He was a very good guy, but not very prudent. Mm -hmm. But anyway, then I went on to grad school where I met my forever teacher, David Scott. Mm -hmm. And I studied only with him for the next, until he died, and that was about 35 years. Wow. I did code, of course. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of people who had a lot of opinions. It's a string tempera. Oh, I forgot we even ordered it. <laughs> Thank you. Enjoy. All right, let's have some of that. Is it, do you mind? I don't, I'm not going to eat that onion. I don't even, I think it's an onion. Yes. I would say so. Yay. Mmm. 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 I look at it like I might as eat something good at, at lunchtime because most of the time. Oh, and Marlene, who was the girl who was singing today, she said it's absolutely fine for you. Yeah, I saw that. That's fantastic. Oh, good. So, how would you describe your teaching style? Mm. Which I know is a weird question, but I get very different answers. Do you? Mm hmm. Well, I'm, Thank you very much. I mostly, because I am a singer, I listen to what someone does. It's how I started teaching. Mm -hmm. And I listen for things that I think they could do better. But I also can really tell if something's bad because I feel it in my, my own throat. Right. So, I'm not too sure. <laughs> I'm not teaching them so that they sound like me, but I'm, I try to teach people to not only sing well, but to make music right off the bat. Start with the music and really just look what's written, and while you're learning it, learn it into your head then. Mm -hmm. And it will be, a, I, say, I say to people, it'll be a much shorter journey, you know. Absolutely. No, but um, I really adapt what I'm doing mm -hmm. from singer to singer because some singers need real stringent vowel work and some people need to really learn how to support and they don't know how to. At least for me, that seems to be what I notice the most is support issues. Right. People learning how to breathe correctly and how to use the musculature correctly. It's just, yeah. that, at least for younger singers, that's... Well, if you think about it, I don't think they've ever thought about it. Right. You know? They go, what do you mean? I can use my legs. I'm oh, yes. sorry. <laughs> it's okay, I'll eat it. <laughs> you just leave it right here. <laughs> 
Yeah, I didn't really act until I came um, until I came here. I didn't even think about using muscular my legs or my buttocks or anything yeah, like that. I mean, you have a very beautiful voice. Though. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. I don't remember who you studied with. I studied with Charmel Schrock for, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. for two years, and then my last year here I studied with um, Patricia Stiles. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Why? What, I, Charmel and I, um, I, I did grow when I was with her, but number one, I was maybe not the best student, and um, I'm sure that added a lot to it, but also it, I, I've been trying to find the right teacher for me for a while, and I, I realized that it just we just weren't a good fit. Mm-hmm. I wasn't always getting what she was saying, and she wasn't always understanding what I was saying back, and so it just didn't. It wasn't. It, we we didn't see the growth that we should have seen in, in yeah. those two years. Mm-hmm. But for the short time I worked with with Miss Styles, I I loved it. I thought we made a lot of progress. Wow. And that was the time when I was doing Cayuse and Falstaff, mm-hmm. and that when I when when I was doing that, I really noticed a big change. That. <laughs> That for me was kind of like an eye-opener. Like, mm-hmm. Oh, this is what it should sound like. This is what it should feel like. Right. It's a lot easier Isn't that than I thought it was. Yes, well, you see, you have to convince people that, yes, it's hard work, but it has to be the right hard work. Right. It can't be, you can't clamp it all down and say, okay, now I'm working hard. Mm-hmm. When actually, you're not working. You're working hard, but... With all the wrong things. Right, right. For me, it was always about, or what I came to understand was, the hard work is, is in the head. Mm-hmm. That's what you, because you have to be thinking about so many things. And then everything else should be trying to relax, trying, at least that that was my take on it. That's what mm-hmm. I have to do the most. Because I, when I first, I started out singing rock and roll and pop music, and so mm-hmm. I was really clamped down in the throat, and so it just took so many years to break those habits. I thought you sang well, though. Thank you very much. A little, a little stubborn. But. Yes, yes. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'm always stubborn. I can't help it. That's all right. But I, I'm not so stubborn that when I recognize something that's beneficial, I don't take I don't take it into consideration. It's, I'm always looking for what's better mm-hmm. because I obviously I'm not I'm not perfect. I don't sing perfectly, and I, I mean. Oh, so you do still sing? That's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's that's something I'll never change. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you talk about? Do you use the word placement with your students? I try not to. I do if if they don't, if it's foggy or if I feel like it's too far back in the throat. And, mm-hmm. I mean, I do if I find that there's a problem. If I can get them to find what they call the sweet spot themselves, mm-hmm. I, prefer, I prefer to do that rather than giving them... Oh, there's this spot where you're, you know, because, <laughs> you know, you can't get in somebody else's head. But right. you tell them, you know, oh, there is a place that you can find. Now, mm-hmm. let me show you how to do it. And so for girls, for example, going up over there, not the middle passage, but the one in the top, mm-hmm. you know, and they, I make them do ooh, and the voice will always just will just go right over G with no problem with ooh. I said, now do ooh, 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 and that keeps the tongue down. Mm-hmm. And then I say, okay, do the whole thing on all. And all of a sudden they're going, oh. 
what happened? What happened? I said, nothing. You're not letting your voice turn over. Mm -hmm. Anyway, it's really up to... I mean, I think I probably have a million different languages mm -hmm. with each Oh, and you have to. Student. I mean, everybody feels it, thinks it differently. It's, it's important to be flexible, both when singing and when working with other people who sing. Marlena Mollis, that's what her name was. Mm -hmm. Where, where's your sweet spot? Mm. I don't have one. Oh. I have I just always in the luckily I'm almost always in the right position. Mm -hmm. But that's because how I was trained was to sing always in a position that was forward. Mm -hmm. All my I, I do all my addiction involved inside of my mouth. I don't pretend to go in with all this stuff. Right. So that doesn't move very much and then I just open my mouth and things go. You know, sometimes G, F sharp is when it's not in the right place, which almost always it has been when I was a singer, singer. Mm -hmm. There would be, um, I rarely missed it, but there's like that thing in Cozy, you know, where you sing, and you have to hold that low, that long G sharp, mm -hmm. and that would tell me if I was in the right place or not, if I could hold it or not. You know, a couple of nights I didn't have it in the right place too. Mm -hmm. well, I'm sure everybody goes through that at some point. No, you can't have a perfect night every night. Oh no, no, well, I was at the med anyway. <laughs> I was very blessed. Mm -hmm. My teacher was also the head of the opera department at Cal State Northridge. Was also the head, you know, the person who conducted. Do you want this last shrimp? Oh yeah, that'd be great. Thank you. Mm -hmm. That's fantastic. I know it's good. Huh? Mm -hmm. We just can't believe they haven't done more with some of the areas here for food. But anyway, I tried to, I, I think there are some people that it's hard to help them, mm -hmm. only because I have to hear it and feel it to be able to help them. Right. And I, I think like three girls we worked for about a year and a half and I finally had to tell them I said I, I just don't think you're getting what I'm saying and I said it's totally normal please don't be upset by it but I think you really need to find another teacher because this is all your money mm -hmm. well and that was when I was talking to uh, Dr. Gill uh, we were talking and he said that's the million dollar question how do you know who is the best voice teacher for you or how do you find the best voice teacher for you because it's it, you don't know until you spend some time with somebody and mm -hmm. obviously as a singer you don't want to waste your time and you don't as a teacher you don't want to waste the students time so it's it's there's there's no quick answer to that question it's mm -mm. 
I think one of the hardest things for all the kids here is that they don't have consistency. You know, they they voice the teacher switch continuously, which I think is a very bad idea. I mean, it does happen occasionally, but I think one switch per four years is quite enough. Right. Anyway, there are, there are some people that I like to get people to do exactly what you have described. Mm -hmm. Get your body in preparation for singing. Use the parts that you can use, like the quads. Mm -hmm. You can use your quads. I tend not to get much of the lower, I mean, the, there's nothing much you can do with your calves, I've found. But the quads help as lot. help the lower, um, the lower abs, which are sometimes very hard to feel. Yes. One of the things uh, that helped me was actually being on stage and getting the role in my body, and that just helped everything line up so naturally. It was a yeah. big idol. Yeah, it will, it'll do it. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think it, that kind of relates back to anytime you sing, there needs to be some kind of emotional content or attachment there so that you can get it into your body. Mm -hmm. Because if, if you're just singing just to sing, it's, it, it's just, there's, first of all, it's probably going to be kind of boring. Second of all, it's, it's just not, if you, can't, if you can't feel it, I mean, honestly, kind of why do it? If you, if you can't feel it, you can't get something out of it. No, well, you have to want to sing. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of people with great voices that don't want to sing. Oh, yeah. Well, and that was a question I was going to bring up to you that I kind of think we have the answer is, what does it take to be a successful singer? And I think a big part of that is the desire to sing. If you don't want to put the time and effort and money into it, it's just not going to happen. And you can have the best voice in the world. Yeah, I mean, you have to put in the t hours. You have to, you have to number one, be incredibly brave because it's very difficult to get noticed. Yes. So I always tell people, you know, you need to take it easy. Mm -hmm. See what happens. Don't go into competitions, you know, get ready and go and just think it's my next competition for the next one, mm -hmm. and for the next one. And there are people who here who start so late, I'm going, it's, you're leaving now. Mm -hmm. well, you should have done it, like I said, last semester. And they go, oh yeah, because I didn't get invited to anybody. Mom? <laughs> <laughs> <Well, laughs> funny. <laughs> It is hard, I think. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it's just something that you have to stick to, and in my generation, that's what we did. Mm -hmm. right. We just stuck to it. And I think another... I was a little bit different in that I didn't start studying voice until I was about 24. Mm -hmm. And so while that's not, that doesn't mean you can't have a career if you mm -hmm. start that late, but what it does mean is, especially, well, I guess for both male and female, that means by the time you're ready to be a part of young arts programs, you don't qualify because of your age. By the time I was ready to go out to young arts programs, I was 29 and the cutoff for a lot of them is between 28 and 30. Yeah, yeah. 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 
Mm-hmm. So, one of the things I, I try and tell people is, if you even have an inkling, if this is what you kind of want to do, get started soon. Even if, even if it's just a thought. It, 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 it doesn't hurt at all to take a voice lesson. Mm-mm. Well, I mean, the situation's a little different. For people who want to take voice lessons here, they're to come from New York, or you know, it's like hard to get to here. Oh yeah. This is not exactly the easiest place. And it's not. I mean, I know people say, "Oh, that's a pretty big school. That's a damn big school." I'm like, yeah, damn big. <laughs> Once you get used to that, and you just go, just don't be shocked after cattle calls. Don't be shocked. Don't be shocked. Yeah, the first cattle call was kind of disappointing for me. It's kind of like, but the first cattle call was actually very intimidating because I, you understand why they call it a cattle call after you go through it. Because <laughs> there's so many people and you only get four minutes. And when I say four minutes, mm-hmm. well, they've kind of relaxed on that four minutes, you know. Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah, I mean, they they still want you to stick to it four minutes. Yeah. But, mm-hmm. do you want to try some of this? Oh yeah, that'd be great. Oh, for sure. I think I shall. Quite a lot. Do you teach a uh, a lowered larynx position? No. You don't? No. Only if their larynx is high. Mm-hmm. I don't ever have anyone on purpose push their lungs down. Okay. I think as, as long as it's sitting easily, I see people are trying to make mm-hmm. their voices lower, trying to do that. And I say, well, you know, if you'll just remember that you want to keep roundness there and you don't want to grab. Right. So grabbing it and shoving it down is just going to strangle you. <laughs> How about in the high range, if somebody may have problems with their larynx raising as they go into past the passage up into the head range? Yeah, then I would ask them to find a way to, to if you've got a lot of big, kind of a, is that big draw up, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, like, a, like when they're strangling? Yeah. Well, the main thing to do is to get them to understand that they don't have to sing that hard or push that hard. Oh. I mean, yes, then, but I still don't think it's a lowered larynx. Just I think, maybe relaxed. I think, is I think, yeah, for me, it is. I, I think that the larynx goes up and down all the time. Mm-hmm. Naturally, while we, while we speak, and but I think any force is not good. I think if you're up and you're singing high and your larynx is like this, <laughs> clearly, you know, there's a way to relax the larynx down, and that way you just start easy, mm-hmm. lower, and then and then just increase as you go up. Try to feel that your larynx is not going with you. Yeah. <laughs> Leave it behind. Well, and I like the word relaxed. When I, when I watch people when they sing, the people who seem to produce the best tone in those really difficult spots, it looks like their face is just completely relaxed. Even if they mm-hmm. if they approach it with a little bit of tension, it's like their their face becomes kind of slack almost. It's just very 
they they try and make it as easy as possible, and that's obviously that's what we want. But it's it's very different to to say that and understand that, and then to do it when you're singing because oh, habits yeah. kick in. And oh yeah, it is hard. That's why if you've had an experience with one aria, that's your experience with one aria. And this is the one you just have to sing this aria. I always insist people don't bring in music that they've done before. They, you, you have to start fresh and try to build the new habits bit by bit. Mm -hmm. You can't all of a sudden just, okay, here's this old song, thing. I, I sang this and, you know, in high school, and I'm going, well, then it's not going to be good for right. you right now. Because you still have that same muscle memory, and you're going to be like, man, this, this doesn't feel like it got any easier. <laughs> well, there's a reason. Well, I think after you give a certain amount of time, like if you work for three or four months on a piece, the new one that you picked up, and it seems to be going well, then to, you know, go back to an old piece and see if you can do some of the things. And some things will stick. Mm -hmm. Other things might not stick right. <laughs> at all. Do you talk about, uh, do you ever talk about squealo with your students, trying to find that? I talk about core. Mm -hmm. People talk about squealo. I say, you have got such a core on you. So I think for women, I mean, for men, yes, they, they like the word squealo. But I think if, if you just say the center of your voice is like, wah, mm -hmm. it just goes, wah. Because my teacher never spoke of squealo mm -hmm. with me, so. And actually, I never knew what squealo was when I came here. Right. And then, and what is that? I want to bite that. It's some kind of vegetable. I don't know. Acorn squash? Yes. I would say yes. I wouldn't have known if you hadn't said. But only just because it has curly cues on it. Yeah. And they're purple. It's good. I like it. That, the word squealo and the topic of the cover, I find people have very mixed emotions about. There's a, there's a lot of, of male technicians who don't like that word. They don't like to use it. They think it causes a lot of problems for some. What squealo? And oh, cover. or cover. Both. They, they find that the terms don't actually facilitate helping young students. That it's, 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 a, it's food for thought and it's good to think about, but can you actually use it to help produce a good sound? A lot of people say no. And then a lot of people say yes. I heard uh, um, Pavarotti say one time, if a, a man can have a beautiful voice, but he's not a real tenor unless he has cover. And then I just got done talking with Tim Noble, who doesn't like the idea of cover at all. He, he just he thinks it's it, it can cause more problems if you try and work with it than if you try and, if, if you use breath work to try and move past certain areas into different registers. All you have to do is take the vowel to get to any register, especially in a passage in the common passages. It's only a question of if you can feel it. 
then if you just make sure that okay ah 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 and just like warming of the mouth will make the exact same thing as a cover. Mm -hmm. So some people like to hear covers, some people don't like to hear covers. So I think it's important if a student needs that. Okay. Um, I don't think it's necessary to use it. Just like I think if you tell a kid, you know, you gotta get more squealo in your sound. To me, that's just, you gotta sing loud. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I mean, I just, you know, I try to preach relaxation and, mm -hmm. and the correct vowels, you know, so that we can understand you. And then within that, there has to be expression. Mm -hmm. And most of the time, I find that most of the time it's, it's a support issue, but that doesn't have to do with the breath. Right. At least from what I've seen. I think a lot of young singers, if you talk about, you know, the breath this, the breath that, I can fix this with the breath. And I can tell you right now, no need here. People say, well, you know, you've got to have a lot of breath to sing No Me Dear. I said, well, actually, you only need the breath to sit here and not, I mean, only to keep everything there so that everything keeps coming out the right way. Because if you get rid of your air, you've only sung the first half of it. It's like Dove Sono. You know, and well, then some, some, um, I was working with the baritone on Puritani Aria, mm -hmm. and he was having some issues with the breath. And I said, well, let's, let's examine a little bit the vowel covering or the vowel coloring. I said, I find that they're trying to from, and I think that it's not so comfortable. Mm -hmm. He said, is this that comfortable? He said, no. And I said, well, then why are you doing that? <laughs> you know, and then we laugh, and then I say, okay, I'm going to sing something. You sing back to me. Ah, he goes, oh. He said, good, you're so stark in the mind. That was really pretty. I like that. I said, I think that sound will work for you. And then, you know, then we build around that. And you know, I just have to have a bit of a relationship with someone, you know, before, at least I know, if somebody told me something different. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's just, people are so funny. I don't know. People are so unusual. <laughs> and, but I, it's not that I don't love them. I mean, they're very interesting. Mm -hmm. But you get every kind of singing technique in the school out there. Do you typically have more experienced students come to you, or do you get a bunch of younger students as well? Um, on the whole, I mostly only teach graduates. Mm -hmm. It just kind of turned out that way. Mm -hmm. I have taught a couple of undergrads. And, I mean, they have to be pretty fast. Right. So, you know, I actually sent one grad, two undergrads away mm -hmm. last year because, I mean, I just said, I really want you guys to, I don't want you to sit in studio class and never, never sing because you're intimidated. And I said, that's not a good way to start it. All right. I 
said, why don't you come you know, talk to Miss Stylus, talk to, you know, Avrana, talk to somebody. Mm-hmm. And nerves are a big issue with a lot of people. And I, I mean, I, I understand it. And I, what did you think? Nerves. Nerves. Oh. Getting, getting nervous. That's, I mean... That's, well, that's why I, that's why I have studio class. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So people can get up and sing in a, in a safe environment. Absolutely. Possible. I'll tell you what, though, for me, being on stage, to me, is a safe environment because nobody's right there 10 feet away from me. Mm-hmm. It's, the more into the situation, the more nervous I am. Yeah. But at the same time, the thing that really helped me was realizing everybody that's going to hear you sing wants you to do really well. Mm-hmm. They, they're not they're just waiting for you to mess up so that they can tell you about it they want you to do well and they're for the most part when they give you their feedback it's because they they say you you did good but this would make it even better it's it's all it's always a positive thing I mean certainly there are some people who have bad attitudes but who cares about it but for the most part people want you to do well mm-hmm. it's that took away a lot of my nerves yeah, yeah, I wish more people would say that to people. This is not exactly a huggy-feely kind of right. school. Actually, I would, I would like to know, what is a pregame routine? Do you know what that means? My pregame routine? Yeah. I take the dogs for a walk. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Just kind of move a little bit. I don't go to the gym. I don't do any real exercise before singing. Um, I probably warm at 11 o'clock mm-hmm. on noon. I probably do some standard. Just to test the range of what I'm doing. Right. And then if I'm singing... Like when I was singing Daphne with what's his face, uh, Aaron Leinstorf, uh, he just was so on me all the time. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> so I would sing a little bit of that, and then I would sing the beginning of Tosca because that always felt good. I never had trouble with that. And then I eat, mm-hmm. then I take a nap, then I get up, and go to the mat and get some water and some coffee and and then it's on. Um, then I try to get a, to stay as nervous as possible because if I'm really, really scared, real, I mean terrible, when I get scared I have terrible diarrhea, gee, you name it, shaking, everything, but the instant I get on the stage and open my mouth, I'm, I just go... I didn't know feel this good. I've, I've, I feel that way, and I've heard a lot of people say that way. Just as soon as they take a step out and sing their first note, it's all gold after that. Yeah, well, if it's gold, you know. Yeah. What are your favorite vocalises? Vocalises? Uh-huh. Scale work? Uh, no, change the as I do it. <laughs> and, and then, you know, I go, oh, 
Okay, low voice is there. I never check my low voice because it's always awake. Mm-hmm. And I don't change. I don't. I don't check the highest part I sing either mm-hmm. because I don't want to wear out. <laughs> I don't know how, how long they're gonna stay. Right. Right. So how? So before a performance, how how high do you get into your range? Do you get like maybe just just before the upper eight eight notes the or just before like the highest three or about how high do you oh just like it depends on when I'm singing you know if I'm singing like Clemente di Tito it's very low the highest note there's one B flat mm-hmm. and all I really do is I just warm up my middle voice mm-hmm. and then my middle voice you know if I'm telling you that is okay and then I if I get nervous I go I can go uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah. I can even go to I can go up and pass my you know, my my part, but it all depends on the day, you right. know. If I'm sick, if I have a little bit of allergies or allergies or cold then anything you know, it just makes me stop and think and do you think there's a specific type of exercise that's that's better for for singers, or maybe something that's not quite as good? I've heard a lot of people say weightlifting is not good for a singer. I think weightlifting is okay as long as you as long as you do slightly lighter weights and increase the amount that you do. Right. And then I don't think you can hurt it very much. But I think if you do heavy free weights, I think that could cause a lot of muscle tension, stiffness, things. Oh yeah. And then here. Oh yeah. Here, here, and you're going. The first thing you can do is you can go. You you lift, don't you? And they go. What? I said, do you lift? Do you lift free weights? Mm-hmm. Yep, I do free weights. You said 35 pounds in each hand over your head. My, 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 one of my husbands was a... For those, for those kind of situations, you don't really... Was a trainer. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I learned a lot about those sorts of things. Right. How to do them the right way, how to do them the wrong way. But interestingly enough, you can almost always tell how, how much they've done. Right. Just kind of <laughs> Especially when their necks get all grabbing their glasses up and going, Can you please put your shoulders down? They are down. <laughs> They're not down. <laughs> And then finally, what's the what's the one thing you want to say to young students or young singers of any kind? Use your checks. Thank you very much. Be brave. Be brave. I would agree. It's certainly not an easy path. No, oh, it can be fun, <clears throat> but it is work after all. Mm-hmm. I know when I started what I used to say and do. I used to say, you know, it's life and death. It has to be life and death to you. Mm-hmm. And I don't believe that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I started out. Mm-hmm. 
Well, and I, I would say that probably propelled you a little bit to be to keep being better, to keep, to keep growing. I'm sure. Yeah, I think so. If failure's not an option. Well, I don't know. Yeah, I, I never. I just was too busy learning music, mm -hmm. too worrying, and I think so many of the kids now. They're just not the way that we were. You know, it was that, oh gosh, well, I missed two auditions and they didn't want me, so I just should probably be a waiter. And you're going, you did two auditions and you quit? And, okay. Well, one of the things that I always like to say is it's when you go out and audition, the, the goal is to find that one person that likes what you do. Yeah. And they are not everywhere. Yeah. And they're, they may be few and far between, but there most likely will be somebody who likes what you do. And you just have to try and find that person, and it may take a long time to get there. Yeah, it's funny. <coughs> because, you know, kids even, oh, well, I want, I want children, and then I want to run all over the place, and I want to go to Paris, and I want to sing at the opera, and, you know, and I just, I just want to have everything. I want my family with me. You're going. No, it's not going to happen that way. Listen, we should be so <laughs> grateful that you actually do have, you know, a phone that you can call FaceTime with people in Europe. You know, I mean, come on. What time is it? It's Ooh. about time to go. <laughs> so thank you very much. I really appreciate oh, you're welcome. this. We hope you enjoyed that and are pleased to say our next episode will be our first masterclass featuring Miss Finesse and her students at Indiana University. The episode will air February 21st and we hope you'll check it out. If you want to see the bios of anyone here as well as get more information about what is coming up, please check out our website, GraceSingersOfOpera.com, or you can also find us on Facebook and Twitter. Thanks again and we'll see you next time.
Una cesta di sotterra si levano. 